No, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. Bright. He is a writer and a podcaster, and he has a book currently out on Kickstarter called Boondoggle, which you can check out. That's going on right now. He's running a campaign for that thing. Nick's a super talented guy, super nice guy. And if you listen to the interview in, in its entirety, you will also hear Nick is also quite a wonderful impressionist. He does. Oh, you know what? I don't want to spoil it for you. Because I feel like if I tell you what voice he does, it, you might not listen for it, but you need to do yourself a favor and listen to hear his great cartoon impersonation that he does. It's kind of spot on, and I've never been more excited about hearing someone do an impersonation. Let's give Nick a listen and check out his book on Kickstarter. <laughs> So we're joined today by Nick Argenbright. He has a Kickstarter running right now, currently called Boondoggle, book one. Nick, how's it going, man? It's going really good, Bob. How about you? I'm doing okay, man. I'm doing okay. We're just, we're, we're just trying to get to 270. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, good sir. Trying you and to get me to both. 270. Now, you're a, you're a fellow Ohioan. Were you disappointed when you saw the Ohio numbers going the wrong way? Because I sure, I sure was. Well, so, I mean, so here's the thing. I am disappointed but like, I also was expecting it, and I hate saying that. I, I, I it's frustrating. But like, uh, I grew up. So I live in the Columbus area, mm-hmm. but I grew up in a, a small town, and it's very much they've drunken, they've drinking the, the the you know the Kool Aid. Yeah, they totally and, have. Yeah, and so, and uh, I don't. Uh, some other friends who work in the rural, you know, countryside areas. I know them and I hang out with them and they, again, they're nice people, but like they're also drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit too. And so has the whole town. Yeah. And when, and my wife's from Cleveland. So when you drive through, you get, you see that kind of, so you realize in Ohio, believe it or not, it's, it's really pretty much just like Akron, Dayton, Cincinnati, Columbus, and Cleveland and Toledo. And that's it. Big, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, yeah, like a lot of people don't understand, like it's a lot of farmlands and stuff like it that. It is a lot of farmland. And uh, Zanesville and Youngstown, I think, used to be included in that. But, you know, the steel belt is what we call Ohio. But like, it's not really the steel industry anymore. Yeah, no, no more. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's that too. So I, I've, I saw the blue and I was like, oh my God, is it really going to? And then when I started seeing the numbers, I was like, there we go. There we go, unfortunately. Well, it's, I mean, if you make the drive from 70 on 71 from Cincinnati to Ohio, there's the Ten Commandments and, you know, burn at the burn in hell side. 
Oh my, oh yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, oh yeah, my God, yeah. yeah. So I mean, like, it's, it's, it was fun. The first time we went to Coastline, my kids were really young and we're driving up and my daughter, who's very inquisitive, she was very young at the time, but she was like, what does that mean? And I was like, don't worry about it. Just we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it when you get older. So I lived Ella's, in Cincinnati. That was real. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I lived in Cincinnati for a bit. And yeah, I would, when I would come up and visit the family, I would see those signs back and forth. Like you see it coming up and you see it coming down, no matter which way you go from Columbus uh, on yep. 70, yeah, to Cincinnati or not, you're going to see it. And there's like one or two signs like that as well on the way up to Cleveland. And I think the Cleveland one, it's just a little more it's like, uh, thou shall not marry someone of the same sex or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the, oh, Jesus. Anyway. I mean, whatever, dude. It's not, it's not my place. I mean, if that's the way you want to live your life, so be it, Jedi. Just do, it, just do it away from me. But let's talk about more positive and awesome stuff. Let's talk about Boondoggle, book one. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's live on Kickstarter right now. This will be out. We have 10 days left. This is going to be out sometime next week, so you'll probably have around a week left. Mm-hmm. So how's it going, man? How, how's the Kickstarter experience working for you? Uh, so this is my second experience uh, officially because uh, I did like an Indiegogo uh, and that was successful. Okay. So and the first Kickstarter was successful too. Is for uh, uh, my podcast, uh, podcast, the Good, the Bad, and the Geeky, and Opposing Roles, and that did again very small amount too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm shooting for the moon on this one, <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, you know, and part of that is just because realistically, like it took me almost two years to get the pages that I have now. Yes kind of thing saved up and so uh it would take me probably 10 more years at this point to get the full book done which um so that was kind of the reason why we have the number for kickstarter as high as it is but uh, for all that production art um uh but uh but so far i mean we came right out of the gate uh not great but then probably a weekend or because i did 41 days which is usually a little weird uh-huh. But I knew with the election coming up and everything, I wanted to do like a week past that. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so that was one of the reasons why. And then, um, and then like probably about a, like four days into it, we like shut off like pretty. We, I mean, thirty four percent out of twenty eight thousand is really good. Yeah. Um, and we, and then after like, probably about like a few days ago, we kind of hit that wall. Yeah. Um, so and that's where we're at. So. Right now, it's it's kind of one of those things too, where it's like, okay, interesting, interesting. I did not think all the big big ticket items would go as fast as they did. See, really, that's impressive, then, because I mean, we always have our experiences actually backwards. We have a lot of people who want the books, but they don't care about anything else. So we're just we have ten dollar pledges, like that's how we move. And well, so and I'm not gonna lie. So I it, I've been studying for the last two years because I knew this was probably going to be something I'd have to do on Kickstarter. Um, I researched the hell out of it. So I looked at all, t- <laughs> I did, I really did. I looked at all types of, of Kickstarters. I looked at Metal Shark Bros, uh, 100%. I looked at, uh, uh, there was, oh my God, there's like three other ones I looked at. Um, I think Sam and Fuzzy was another one. Okay. And, and again, and you're 100% right. Looking at that, it's anywhere from the 10 to like 35, $45 pledges. The book itself is really where all the money was at. Yes, and and I was ex- and I was hoping that is where it would be. But for me, at least to get where I was to am right now, I like I had to keep adding like larger like things yeah. and it, to the point where it's just like I can't keep adding cameos into this book. People. Yeah, I, the like, whole the whole book is gonna be it's you're gonna lose the, your idea of the story and it's just gonna turn into like Hitchcock walking through shots of <laughs> right just random people walking yeah. and at some point someone then at that point it would be a Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon where someone would just <laughs> grab the panel and go let's look at this person over here and and then the whole yeah it'd just be yeah you know but but again. Th- 
it's a learning experience in that regard too. So that's interesting. And um, uh, yeah, there's, there's been some other developments too, which is, uh, so when I look this up, uh, we're, either way, we're gonna have to change the title too. Once Really? Okay. Yeah. So there's a comic in the 90s and I'm going to say his name wrong. So I'm just going to say his first name because I can pronounce Steve. Yes, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you can pronounce Steve. <laughs> Steve. That's, yeah, yeah it's, it's the last name I can't pronounce that well. But he like, I think we were getting enough traction because again, within like a few days, we jumped like about 10 grand or something. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, or not 10 grand. I'm sorry. That's horrible. We jumped up 10%. Is that's awesome though. But still, you know, it really is. It really is. And, uh, and so when we did that, I, I got this message on Facebook one morning and it was just like, hey, I have a comic that was published in the 90s called Boondoggle. And, you know, I need to, uh, you know, could you please change the name? And, uh, I, and it was one of those things where I was like, wait, what? Uh, I like, so this was my thought You didn't process. Google this, Nick? You didn't Google before you started this? I went, okay, so I did two things. I went to, I went to the Library of Congress and I okay. pulled up all the names that have been copywritten. Oh, that's very smart. Okay. And there was like one or two that, one of them was like a children's book called The Boondoggle Adventures. And, okay. But all the rest of them, there was none that was listed as a comic book or graphic novel. Okay. And so I was like, okay, I think I'm in the clear here. As a matter of fact, there's a few albums too. Like what was like a, there's an album from 1971 or something. Like Boondoggle. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Actually now I think about, yeah, 70s Boondoggle. Yeah, sure. Exactly. It makes uh, total sense. And then I, and then I did a Google search. I, I didn't Google search. And then I did a search on Facebook. Okay. Which is smart. Because, right. But I didn't Google it. As a matter of fact, right as I saw that, the very first thing I did with Google, but Boondoggle comic came up right away. Um, and I was like, are you, are you, are you, fucking kid can i cuss yeah i can cuss it's too late now but yeah you're fine <laughs> yeah, yeah no no yeah um so i was just like are you are you kidding me so um so yeah but but he was very polite about it too and you know coming from his perspective it's like oh yeah there it is boondoggle comic yeah right yep. and yeah. <laughs> and he's a very nice guy to be 100 percent clear he's very nice and that's I nice actually, yeah and he was also just like you know yeah i'll let the because if for me to change it now i'd have to cancel the kickstarter yeah you'd have to cancel and yeah 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 do yeah, it all yeah. over again and i don't think he i didn't explain that to him i just i just said well i will change it uh or you know once we're done i'll have to think about it i'm still thinking about it <laughs> uh but but so but that's a learning experience too uh, well not learning it should have been like what are you, you stupid why oh you don't did say everything that. else now you're just being you're being too hard on yourself i'm not gonna allow that that's not okay cool. fair enough well i mean but come on like even you were just like did you google that's i did everything around google i just didn't <laughs> use the actual google i did a uh, bing search i did a bing search i did, <laughs> I did yeah, yeah. bing that's, how, that's my problem. I did a freaking Bing search. No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, yeah. So, but um, so that that was kind of a learning thing too in that regard, which is because I thought like, oh, I'm going the distance. I'm going for speed. I'm going right to the U.S. government, which, in retrospect, probably not a great yeah, idea right not now. The best idea. Yeah. 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 And then, but but like legally, like, do I have a footing here? And and so I did tell him I was like, FYI, you might want to look into this. Technically. Legally, you might have some ground to stand on, but like I could still register the copyright for that, and you legally, it could be a weird thing. Yeah, you know? I just so just FYI, you might want to copyright your book. You know, FYI. There you go. Yeah. Because even because apparently the law was passed in nineteen. So I learned more about copyright law. Something <laughs> I learned. If you publish something, if it's after nineteen eighty nine, I think it was published in ninety three, two ninety four, or something like that. Okay. Technically, that proves that you created it. But like it also, in the eyes of the law, it, 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 it can't be everything you rely on. Okay. 
So like you could get some legal, you know, loophole into that somehow, or it could not maybe go in your favor. And so I was also just like, Hey, cause part of the thing I was working on was part of the Kickstarter budget was, Oh, we're going to copyright the title. We're going to, you know, get, put it through the legalities and all that <laughs> stuff. And Oh, anyway. but again, at the end of the day, it's a learning experience it and uh, he could have been an actual asshole about it. He could have been a really douche nozzle about it and just say, Hey, I need you to change it now. I don't care about your Kickstarter cancel it now, you know? Um, and he seemed very like kind of sad that he had to ask me to do oh, it that's too. That's nice. That's nice at least. Yeah. So again, so it's one of those things too, where, uh, you know, I don't think anyone, at least unless you're number 45, I don't think you're a malicious person. It's true. At heart. Yeah. Um, most people I, so, are really, that's what I tell my kids all the time. Like most people at the end of the day are actually really nice. They really are. And you know, you got to try to, you do try. And I feel like I did, I walk a mile in his shoes. I was like, imagine me having to go to somebody who's trying to get into the game and wants to be my equal at some point. And I have to tell him, you have to change the title of your book because for whatever reason you didn't know, I used to do this title and I'm trying to reboot it possibly here. Oh, wow. Okay. So there's that too. I I forgot that little nugget, but so that was a learning experience too. And uh, I'm working on titles as well as we go. So, (laughs) uh, but yeah, I mean, Beyond that, though, the response to the book outside of that has, from what people have seen and what they, the backers have, have been nice. It's, That's awesome. It's, yeah. So, okay, so we've heard the legal wranglings and the, lack of, <laughs> and the lack of Googles of the titles for the book. So tell us, what is a boondoggle? What's it all about? Okay, so boondoggle is about uh, a Chelonian, a humanoid turtle named uh, Boonford T. Doggle. Okay. Um, and he goes by the nickname Boone, uh, and uh, he stumbles upon, he's an excavator, which in their world is like an, art, uh, uh, an archaeologist. Okay. And he stumbles upon this alien, ancient alien artifact, which like if you and I looked at it, it would look like a protractor. Okay. And he just goes, well, you know, uh, we need money. My, me and my grandma, who I live with, we need money and to save the family farm. I think I can get a lot of money for this, save the farm, and, you know provide for her since she's provided for me all this time so he goes on this trip to try to find a buyer for it and save his home okay and in the process he uh meets uh two other acquaintances of his uh or soon to be acquaintances of his ozzy oswald clark uh and then uh opal firestarter a cockamistle okay i'm saying that right um and then they go on this adventure together to find out um how to sell this ancient alien artifact there you go okay so this is so this is kind of uh, like a sweet all ages kind of vibe yes because i'm looking at the artwork now and it's definitely cute like if that's what you're going for oh yeah accomplished you know yeah totally i mean there is i would say like at, it could at some point maybe get like guardians of the galaxy or like a marvel movie like you know because i feel like guardians is like the most risky of the marvel movies yes um i would say possibly like it could get to like that but um, but yeah, for the most part, it is like a, a, a all ages book. That's awesome. Uh-huh. I love I love Boone's little outfit. Like he looks like he's dressed kind of like um, like Constantine, like the overcoat and the tie. Just if Constantine had a vest, like <laughs> right? Is that on purpose? I, kind of. But so I went a different direction with <laughs> okay, this. Okay. I, so for him, uh, I just described uh, to Neil Carmona, who is our artist, who is fantastic. By the way, I love his stuff. Um, he also kind of has this weird, like Boone looks really cute, but he also has this nice, like, you know, Mike Mignola vibe to him. Okay. That I really love a lot yeah. with the artwork. 
Um, so it looks kind of, more, it, it can look threatening in some of the, you know, with the, the weird creature that's attacking them. Like it can look really threatening, but then there's Boone. He looks super cute and adorable. Um, but no, with the, with the costume for Neil, I just said, I want him to dress up like kind of nice. And he just goes, what about the 10th doctor? And I was like, the 10th doctor is fantastic. I, okay. I love David Tennis, the 10th doctor. And I forget who it was the other day. Uh, I was talking to someone and I think I was reading something about, uh, the the CW uh, DC universe or something yes. like that, and I just was looking at Boone. I was like, "Holy shit, he looks like Constantine." <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I mean, but hey, if 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 Constantine is what you think, I will take that as well because Constantine is a badass looking character as well. Yeah, he's. Very, I um, mean, it's it's a very timely look, you know. Yeah, and now unfortunately, Boone will not be smoking anytime soon. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, or deal it well. Possibly. Spoiler alert: Will he deal with like beings from hell? We don't. I don't know. know. I uh, mean, the pre- the preview pages <laughs> that are up on the Kickstarter are a beautiful and b kind of spooky. So that looks like he. So it looks like Boone may be encountering some spooky stuff. So who knows? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the the easiest thing I can describe it as is that you know this guy stumbles upon an ancient alien artifact and encounter strange creatures, bounty hunters, and more. And, you know, it's like Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings. And that's my elevator pitch for it. That's a good um, elevator pitch. You're taking two things that are like the most well-known <laughs> pop culture things in the whole wide world and going, my thing is like that. Uh, Which, that- yeah, that's like, that's like selling it. That's pitching 101. Like take two things that people love and, you know, now, granted, there could be other people out there that are like, well, I don't like Lord of the Rings. And I'm like, well, what's wah, wrong wah. with you then? That's your problem. That's when you that's, ask, well, what's wrong what I, with you? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I should. I'd be like, yeah, what is wrong with you? Like, don't you like a lot of walking? I was, well, the thing <laughs> is, I, I was a late convert to Lord of the Rings. Like, I just didn't get Me it too. for a really long time. I, I started playing D&D and then my friends were like, dude, you play D&D, you'll love Lord of the Rings. And I was like, okay. So I've never, I read The Hobbit. I read the book, The Hobbit. I also yeah. read um, the first Lord of the Rings book and I've seen the films, but I only, I only watch the extended editions of the films. I don't watch anything else. So <laughs> I made, I, I, I was kind of the same way. I read The Hobbit when I was like probably in middle school, high school, I think eighth grade, ninth grade, which for me was like that weird middle school or high school transition. And then when the movie, and I kind of left it at that. Um, then when the movies came out, I saw them in theaters. And then when the extended editions come out, that's all I prefer to watch. And then I read the books and the books are a little tedious. Um, <laughs> that's being uh, a little kind. It totally is. And, and to be fair, I, I felt like if you read the Hobbit, the way he, the prose he writes, even when he goes into descriptive stuff in the Hobbit, it's, it has an energy to it. Mm-hmm. And when you read, any of the Lord of the Rings books, even though the story is and the characters are really good, the only energy I got from that is when Gollum's on the page. The rest of it's just like it feels like the first twenty pages of, of Mice and Men by Steinbeck. It's like we're talking about a hill for twenty yeah, pages. Yeah, it can be it can be rather <laughs> tedious. Like once Tolkien gets into the you're like, whoa, dude, that's how how many descriptive words could we come up with for a tree? But and, right, and I st- and part of my brain still has this weird. I'm reading this for my eighth grade English class, so I have to like pour over every word, and I'm very apprehensive to just skip, like just skip it, because I like, well, what if she's gonna quiz me on that that part of the book, and I don't know yeah. the answer, then I'm gonna fail the quiz, and my mom's gonna be mad at me. Yeah, but, yeah. So it takes me a really long time to read Tolkien. I yeah, I'm more Leonard it, man. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Parts. We were talking we about go. that a couple nights ago with uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson. Like, we both love 
all three of us love Elmore Leonard because he just gets to it. Here's your story. There it is. Bada boom, bada bing. It's all sizzle, all sizzle, baby. See, I need to, I need to, I need to read that because I haven't read any of his stuff. You've um, never read Elmore Leonard? It's really good. I mean, you can start I, with like Get Shorty or Jackie Brown, but he's done, he does crime stuff. He's done some Westerns that are also like the Justified TV show is based on Elmore Leonard stuff. Holy shit. No Yeah, way. yeah. Elmore oh. Leonard, Elmore Leonard has written probably like 150 books. Like, yeah, he's it, amazing. And again, they're all you know 300 to 400 pages and it's just boom sizzle that's all it is you know well i see i that would be up my alley i also really enjoy um uh you know and i understand the criticisms lobbied against him but i i'm a big fan of michael Crichton too okay um just well because i just like the idea that you're basing some of it even though the facts aren't 100 percent correct there is some basis of scientific fact that he uses a jumping off point making it totally like making it real science fiction uh kind of thing like oh there was at one point that dna stuff turning dinosaurs into real things matter of fact i think they're even even closer to that now yeah like yeah so like that and some of the science he uses is just fascinating and it feels like it makes sense and matter of fact because of him i read uh the hawkins book was a history of time or whatever okay 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 and because of timeline he talks about quantum physics and how you know technically time travel and back to the future wouldn't work that way it's it's pretty much like there's multiple <laughs> worlds multiple whatever and if yeah yeah anyway now now i'm not going to hear any disparaging of back to the future on this pro on this oh program. no no i would like to point out i am a huge fan of back to the future i i think the first movie is like one of those perfect films i also that, agree that's what bobby thinks yeah like back to the future is a perfect movie there's no need for sequels i have to be honest with you i haven't even seen them like i won't watch them because what? oh wow i've never seen them well in the I, I, as a kid i saw back to the future and i was like that was wonderful and then my friends were like they're doing back to the future too and i was like that's bullshit like they're only doing that to make more money there's no reason for that they don't need to it's perfect back to the future is the perfect film I, I yeah you're you're I actually so just throwing this out there I feel like Zemeckis made a string of just almost like well at least two almost really perfect movies in terms of just structure alone okay which is like I feel Who Framed Roger Rabbit is really good too oh yeah yeah because I I feel like too like if you watch that even Back to the Future they don't hit you over the head with minor details that they that explain themselves if you're watching it's almost like a book like if you're paying attention to some of the smaller details that are being described. It's Chekhov's gun. It pays off at the end. Yeah. Like it took me like what? I think five years ago to realize that the Marty hits the the tree when he arrives in 1955 and Twin Pines Mall becomes Lone Pine Mall. Like I remember the change at the end, but I was like, why did that? Why did that happen? I was like, oh, (laughs) you idiot. He ran over the freaking pine tree. That's I've never noticed that. Yeah. And it's stuff like little things like that and thematic like, but, but like, if you look at it, you're like, oh, this completely makes sense and roger rabbit's the same thing too like if you really pay attention to like that whole scene with eddie when they go to eddie's office and he's passed out drunk and you see like his brother's side like there's so much information overload about his brother about his relationship to tunes all kinds of and again it thematically pays off by the end and it's one of those like um at least i feel like screenplay wise back to the future and roger rabbit are just like chef's kiss and it's also uh it's also cool that both of those films star christopher lloyd who's wonderful like christopher lloyd doesn't get enough credit that guy can really do anything i mean he's doc brown he's he's the judge in in roger rabbit he plays a klingon in in search for spock yeah yeah Yeah, he's great 
and you know what? I watched their day for how Uncle Fester. He's I Uncle Fester. I rewatched yeah. Adam's Family. That movie holds up so well. Adam's Family's really, really good. And and I gotta say too is that I remember younger, and I, even my memory until I watched it the other day, I thought, man, Raw Julia, he's so good as Gomez. But like, if you look at the drawing by by uh, I forget his name is Charles Adams, right? It was yeah, yeah. When Charles Adams drew Gomez, he drew him like he did in the new anime movie, kind of fat and pudgy, yeah, and whatever. And uh, Raw doesn't have that same body type, but the way his cheeks look, like he he embodies what Charles drew. And I was like, it's so, it's so much even more perfect casting than I remember it being, but Christopher yeah. Lloyd, especially as Fester. It was wonderful. Is, oh my God. Matter of fact, I want to see the cut where it's like the, it's like, a, I think apparently the whole scene was supposed to be 10 minutes long of the babushka, you know, the <laughs> babushka, babushka, we dance the babushka. Like, it's a whole musical number that got, like, you only see like maybe like a minute of it. It's, it's like 10 actually, minutes long. It's like, it's something like, like the whole scene, how it plays out is about 10 minutes long. That's like, crazy. To it. The actual song, I think, is like about four or five minutes long. Wow. It, it, something like Adams was like, I want to see that so bad. <laughs> the because... only song I remember from the Adams Family movie is the MC Hammer song. Oh, Hammer with... had a song in that. Yeah. yeah. Do what they want to do. Say what they want to say. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. how big MC Hammer was. He was doing Adams Family songs. The well, Adams Family. And he even threw too legit. Yeah, he threw too legit to quit into it. That's yeah. I, <laughs> and I, think, I think in the second one, too, like – they actually made a music video with the full cast and that yeah. song isn't as rememberable except for the fact that they, they did the video. Yeah. <laughs> just, well, yeah, I remember he threw the two legit to quit and I was like, camera's smart, man. You ain't, it's like, I could throw two legit to quit and here watch. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. There's so many great little things that I've mimicked. Cause you know, like you see a movie when you're young and you kind of mimic it in your real life. Like, or just like in situations, it's like Ghostbusters. Oh, uh, this is a great plan. I'm just happy to be a part of that. I will throw that in sometimes when something is not going great. Um, and there was a bit where like he's Fester is looking at the bar or something. He's looking for the gold and Gomez is looking to a boat into a box and he's like humming to himself and he finds a spider or something. He starts beating the crap out of it. And so, <laughs> and I do that sometimes. I was like, where, why do I do that? And that is why I was like, oh my God, this is I mean Adam's family. We were having this same sort of discussion the other day, and I feel like, like beat for beat, the perfect opening to any movie is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah, yeah. I a lot of people. So I am a. It's the not the best movie after that, but right. the opening like draws you in so fast, like you're in it. You're like, what's going on? Oh, he's poisoned. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, he's gotta get the he's gotta get the antidote. Oh, there's a musical number. Whoa, there, he threw that flambe into that person. Like it's like <laughs> and for bonus old points, me was wowed. I was like, oh my god. And bonus points, the club is called Obi-Wan, yes, which yes, is the Star Wars reference. Yes. Uh, you know, wink wink to George. You know, and people then, oh, go ahead, Nick. I'm sorry. Oh no, no, you're cool. I, I was just gonna say, and also they sing that song. Uh, what's it? Uh, what the song that she sings? Anything in, goes. Anything yeah. goes, but it's in a different language, so it just makes it sound a little bit more unique to what's going on. Oh yeah, perfect opening, man. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom gets a lot of guff, uh, yeah. but I think that's mainly just because of Spielberg's wife. Yeah, because he was I married do. to Kate Capshaw when it came it's out. It's not yeah. that bad of a. It's darker than the other three in tone. If you want to count the well, the, the alien one, which I don't. It's a darker tone. I don't like, count the alien one. People either. getting their hearts <laughs> ripped out and all that stuff. But I mean, overall, it's a good flick. Like it's really cool. The 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 cart scene in the mind is awesome. Yeah. Oh my god! And you I know? think that was cut out of the first one too. Like that's why they 
Spielberg does that. He'll reuse scenes that got cut in the last, if he does a sequel, like there was something in Jurassic Park Lost World that got, was supposed to be in the first one, or he adds like, or some little parts of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, no, I'm with you, man. Temple just gets crapped on so much. And like, I don't think it like, it's not a bad movie. It's not the greatest of the, of the movies, but like, it's very wa- enjoyable. It's very watchable. Um, I, I think outside of Capshaw, I think the biggest problem too is that, and this is where I also have some problems with people is that it's, it's too unbelievable. The stunts are too unbelievable. I was like, but he also survived the Ark of the Covenant, which yeah, just I mean, by looking away, like don't looking, look at it. <laughs> yeah, don't look at it. And it's like, well, God apparently won't find you with your eyes closed. <laughs> like, well, come I mean, on. It, 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 like conversely kingdom of the crystal skull was like an absolutely awful film so that movie I mean, sucked i'm so i'm like it was I was bad i wanted to like it and i have this new appreciation for shia labeouf as an adult that i didn't have when that movie came out peanut butter falcon baby peanut butter falcon it's still a terrible movie yeah. like it's still bad and the fact that they want to do another indiana jones movie with an 80 year old harrison ford just baffles the mind because 12 years ago when the King, the Crystal Skull movie came out, he looked a thousand years old. Oh my God, yeah. And well, so what's interesting to me is that so you could bad. really tell Spielberg is fighting with Lucas on that movie. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because, because George, like matter of fact, I, oh man, I wish it, it got stolen. I had the documentary on episode one, Phantom Menace, um, where it was, it was like a three an hour documentary they put on the DVD, or it's very long. Okay. And longer than it should be for that movie. And uh, but they went through like everything. Like they shows him writing the script and like, you know, showing like, look, I completed the script. And, uh, <laughs> but there's one scene where like they built a prototype, a life-size prototype doll of the droid, the battle droid. Oh, wow. At Skywalker Ranch. I remember Steven was there and he was playing with it. Like, and you're just like, of course Spielberg would love this. It's a toy. He's yeah. playing with it. And all of a sudden he just goes, I want to ask this for the camera. I uh, like Steven, I'd like you to direct episode one, Phantom Menace. And, Spielberg just freezes like a dog, like, you know, deer in headlights and just is like, uh, George, I think it's probably best if you do it. Like he didn't want anything to do with it. I can't give you an answer with the camera on, sir. So yeah. Like it, I felt like kind of like a, Oh, oh so, wait, he, he read it is what happened. And he went, Oh, <laughs> Hey, say what, say what you want, man. I mean, Phantom Menace is better than uh, the last Jedi. I mean, excuse me, not the Last Jedi. It's better than the Rise the, of Skywalker. Um, the, <laughs> I was. It's better, it's better than the the last movie that just came out, which was garbage. Oh, Rise yeah. of Skywalker. I can't even remember the name of it. That's how Rise inconsequential it is in my yeah. brain. See, I'm a I'm a Last Jedi fan. I know. Which I is, like Last Jedi like, too. A lot of people yeah. are just like. I mean, do I wish like like Hamill that you know Skywalker got to do some more stuff? Yeah. I want yeah, to see that I, 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 I'm in there too because like it, when he said. Oh, do you think I'm gonna like fight the galaxy with my? Life? I was like, yes, that is what I showed up for, sir. <laughs> yeah, you, I would like my money back. I showed up to see you fight the galaxy with a laser sword. That is what uh, you got my money for. Like, I that's should. That's what it was for. I should. I I got the draft when it was floating around of uh, Colin Trevorrow's uh, Duel of the Fates episode nine. I should send that to you guys. It's a beautiful read in, in comparison to what we got. Like all the things that kind of were happening in Force Awakens and Last Jedi seem to kind of paid off and not just kind of fizzle out like they do in Rise. It's 
Yeah, Rise yeah. Rise wasn't great. I watched that movie in a very packed theater. I did too. Before the, the <laughs> plague hit. And there were times where I was just laughing out loud at parts that I probably shouldn't have been laughing at. And then when they kissed, I, I actually went, What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'll give it I'll give them this. The the it some of the stuff was well shot. And it that's it. Cool. That's I mean, but as a, as a narrative, I think the narrative of the prequels are better than the narrative of the post, I mean, oh. post films. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's easier to, to, to it's easier. The dialogue to, of the prequels is worse. Yeah, no, I mean, oh, Lucas yeah. can't write dialogue, but no, I know mean, like, he doesn't know how real people talk. <laughs> no, but, but I'll say the narrative, granted, it's easier to do because you're showing you know, Anakin Skywalker from a little kid, which I think was a bad idea, but that's just here there. Yeah. But from a little kid to <laughs> to turning to the dark side, he already has like a roadmap for that. Yes. He um, does. So it's easier to kind of paint by numbers when you're doing the next three. It's a little more difficult because you have to come up with your own stuff. But I mean, I thought it was awful. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you. Like, so like, even like at story, if you look at story blocks, the first three movies, for the most part, really. Or the, sorry, uh, I'm, I'm a horrible Star Wars I know, I know fan. exactly what you're talking about. The yeah, first episodes three one. Well, no, I meant episodes well, one six. through three. Okay, no, one, three, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm a bad fan. Like to me, the the first ones are four, five, and six. Yeah, but I, I meant think. one through three. Uh, like the story blocks are really well done. It's just in terms of the, how they connect. Right. How they are executed. Completely different story. At, at four and five and six though they do have that magic and they do connect and they flow well like they don't really connect at all in any of these movies i mean my thought ones. was i didn't need to see darth vader become darth vader just the fact that he is darth vader already like that like that goes with the accepting of the universe like when you're like brought into something oh yeah, so, totally. yeah. to see him become darth vader was a waste of time and i'm not saying that to be because <laughs> you're, you're just you're just taking me back through something that you felt like you needed to tell us when I would have rather you just went, you know what? Let's talk about what happens after the Empire blows up, like the Mandalorian does. Because in my opinion, they should yeah. just give the whole Star Wars universe to John Favreau and whoever else is helping him write that Dave Filoni, I believe, yeah. Um, yeah. who did Rebels. Like they should give those guys the keys to the Star Wars kingdom and go, hey dudes, just do whatever you want to because all this crap feels like Star Wars is supposed to feel. Like the Mandalorian yes. feels like Star Wars. Like no matter what, the connective tissue is good. Like, even if it's one and done, like uh, Monster of the Week. Okay, this week we have a crate Dragon. Okay, this is what we're going to do with the crate Dragon. Oh you know, God, like, so cool. yeah, but I mean, they, they, that's you. basically what it was. Like, it's and, totally. and even in the first season, oh, Monster of the Week, you have this thing, you have to get the eggs, you have to get the eggs to the Jawas. It's like, okay, totally cool with it. Let's see it happen. Yeah. And then it does. And then the reason why he has to do it is there. And then like for the baby and all this other stuff. Like, so it all makes sense. Like it's oh, totally yeah. fine and it feels like Star Wars the whole time. There's oh, never yeah. a moment where you're like, this doesn't feel like a Star Wars thing. It always feels like a Star Wars thing. Yeah, which I, yeah, that's another thing I agree with 100%. I, well, it, it's interesting too that George, like even the best parts of episode three, like George got help from Spielberg on, like the whole final fight between Palpatine and Yoda and Obi-Wan and Anakin was bordered by Spielberg and his people. Huh, and then George sense. shot it. And that's why you're, that's why the film just all of a sudden instantly feels like, say what you will about Spielberg. Like he knows how to shoot a film. Like I, I, I enjoyed ready player one, but I, it's not a good movie. You know, I like, see it, so I don't know. It's know, okay. You, it, it's, right. it's, it's, it's exactly. It's okay. It's right. But like, it's beautifully shot. And some of the scenes are actually very well done. And if you care about the characters, and that's part of the problem, 
and it's <laughs> completely engaging and it, it adds the tension as it needs to. But yeah, I, I'm always fascinated when I watch Crystal Skull just because to tie it back into that is just like that opening scene is all dialogue and it's all exposition and you can tell it feels clunky, which is George Lucas. And then the next scene it, it explains that his dad is dead time has passed on and he's alone. He's not dang Marion or anybody. And he's still an archeologist doing the same stuff. But then when you get back to his house and it's been rummaged, it's, there's barely any dialogue. And there's just like a scene of him looking at the photo of Sean Connery, his dad. And you can tell he's just sad. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's, that's the Spielberg scene. Yeah. That's what, so that's, all, that's even all you need. You don't even need all the other stuff. Yeah. You don't it's, need it's, in, stuff, it's so. the same thing in comics show. Don't tell. And I think, you know, and, 100%. Yeah. And hopefully with your book that's out now on Kickstarter uh, called uh, Man, Moon you are Rock. a pro. Uh, look know. at that. I was yeah. say, like, tying it say all. It, say, it, say, it, say it again, man. Um, and with your, hopefully, with your book on Kickstarter right now called Boondoggle, you can go look check that out. Ho hopefully, you do a lot of showing and not a lot of telling. He, I, he I try to. I, I'm a big matter of fact, you mentioned this on Facebook the other day about the like what are some rules for writing like i'm fascinated right now give me some rules for writing and i i think i gave you the links um and if not i apologize i need to do that but one of the things i i have and i put it weirdly enough in front of my work desk this is my home computer because uh -huh. uh, i work from home i have it up in front of me my work desk so it just keeps me thinking all day about uh story stuff um it's like the 21 rules for that pixar has for writing yeah stories. yeah yeah that's where I, I posted that elmore leonard thing yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you posted it under there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then I think I also, I hope I posted this too, was um, the, and some of the rules are the same, uh, which is uh, Billy Wilder, who did like, you know, Some Like It Hot. Yeah, yeah, His yeah. rules for, for writing. And Grant, they're, both of them are, are, are towards filmmaking side of things, but the mm -hmm. story fundamentals are still there. You know, and I, Andrew Stanton from Pixar's big thing is, don't tell the audience two plus two equals four. Let them see it. Yeah. Because if you let, if you go two plus two, and don't give them the answer. They'll love you that they have to go, oh my God, it equals four. Did you not yeah, know it equals four? And you're like, awesome. And a lot of that is by showing and not telling. Yes. I, I feel like, so. I feel, and I always, one of my favorite rules of storytelling is, and I tell Kevin this all the time, is I love the do yourself a favor and Google Roadrunner rules. Because oh, um, yeah. there, there is a list of rules created by Chuck Jones about the Roadrunner and the things that need to happen in the Roadrunner universe when you're doing a cartoon. And my favorite one is all action must happen on the road because if not, he's not a Roadrunner. <laughs> it's so right. Yeah, like, and, and if you think about it too, there are times where when he runs up to the Coyote, the road is near there when he stops up, even just to go meet me and then run away. Yeah. Rule five, the roadrunner must stay on the road. Otherwise, logically, he would not be called a roadrunner. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm a big fan of Rocky and Boinkle. And, oh, I love Rocky and Boinkle. And, and I got the book by Keith Scott who's not no relation to Bill Scott. He's the, the one that pretty much the guy who wrote the show and did the, did the boy, the bullwinkle. And that's a good, that's a really good bullwinkle. Yeah, that's a Thank really you. good. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, bless my stars and garters. Um, oh, that's it's super good. Man. Yeah. That's a Thank really you. good bullwinkle. You could get work for that. Yeah, I, you really could. I, I, I hope to, I hope I do what I do a terrible Skeletor. So like, you know, Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah, let's do it. You bust it out, man. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> no, <find> that's, <laughs> hold on, let me find it. <laughs> man. <laughs> Beast <awesome>. man. <laughs> there yeah, is a, yeah. There's you some... royal boob. <laughs> that's there pretty good. Go. 
that, that, that was actually really good, man. Yeah, well, the problem with a voice like Skeletor, too, it, it can hurt your vocal pipes, you know, your vocal cords. I just pull my nose in. I don't even need <laughs> I just pull my pull, nose I just in. Do, pull, pull, and, then, and then you just talk through your nose. Yeah, yeah. Like, he talks like that pretty much. When, I, when you say you pull your nose, and I saw you do it because I'm yeah. seeing you via video right now, even though this mm -hmm. is an audio podcast, I'm, I'm seeing you do it. And but in my head though, I just imagine Kermit the Frog just going like scrunching his mouth and <laughs> yeah. to do the voice. Yeah, and drinking tea. That's what. Drink, that's, oh yeah, that's, and how you, that's how you have to do it. <laughs> yeah, drinking drinking the tea. Um, yeah, I don't even remember what the question was. The oh, you were talking about. You said you did a bullwinkle. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, but how? What? How the hell? Oh, because we're talking yeah, the about book, the, book. the book. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. It's um, all good. The rules that he came up with for Boinkle, which. Again, you would not think you would need rules for Boinkle. It's a show that breaks the fourth wall. And really the rules came down to, at least for Rocky and Boinkle, which had an actual plot, ongoing plot, was Boinkle is an idiot, but he never moves the plot forward on purpose. It's true. If he does, things happen to him and he responds in a way that the people around him will move the plot forward, but he will never be the one who goes, we need to go over there he would always say act the actual opposite of that. And, <laughs> and then people either, and that goes wrong or people then somehow he gets mixed up and goes the wrong direction, something like that. And I was like, well, that's awesome. I love creating rules for worlds Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. You know, I, I find so that- So then what's the number one rule in the boondoggle? Nah, I was getting ready to ask the same question. Oh, yeah, so that's a good question. I would say the biggest rule is uh, the, the characters, there's kind of like a an empire that's empire-like force called the sovereign that is very very heavy there and um nobody knows how they came in and i think it's a very common thing that it's one of those things that people have accepted nobody knows how long they ruled for okay. it's just that they're kind of okay being under its rule even though they're not okay with it it's just it's one of these things that just happened. They've no just one... accepted it. Like much like a Trump presidency. You're just kind of like, all right, this is what we got to do for a while. So let's Honest... write this out and see how it happens. Honest... Honestly. Yeah. And I think that's the, the biggest thing is that, and, and there's no, there's no care to understand that there's a very, um, very sad lack of trying to understand one's past um, in terms of history. Okay. Uh, that it's prevalent in everybody. It's not just, so even the people who run the sovereign don't really care about, how they came into rule and what keeps them in power not really they, they just care that they have the power and then they abuse it same kind of thing with boone like boone sense. doesn't really know how his grandmother got the farm nor does he really care he i mean you know he cares that his, he cares about his grandma but that's not prevalent to him so nobody really cares about history and where things come from and that will be something that that they will hope to learn to care about i i hope is one awesome. of the surveillance rules all right, well, this is going to be out um, here in, what, you've got 10 days left. You've got a, quite a hill to climb, if we're being honest. Nope, but, I mean, it's okay, yeah. It's, it's, hopefully it works out for the best. You can check that out. Just go to Kickstarter and look for a Boondoggle Book One. Nick, you've got a, a cool book here. Now, let me, uh, do, you have like, uh, uh, do you have a plan B? Like, if this doesn't work out, are you going to relaunch and just try to do it? Because you're doing a 100-page book, which is very, like, that's very it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's very ambitious. So do you yeah. have a plan B? Because Kevin and I, when we were doing Metal Shark Bro with Walter, we had a plan B, a plan C. Like we, Nice. Yeah. We went, so, we went all the way down to, like, E or F. Yeah. Where plans. Yeah. yeah so I, um, 
I do have a plan B um, and it's, it's a kind of another hail Mary, but I'm keeping it close to the vest for the moment. Um, But it's something that, but I will say I will keep people um, who do, you know, on the Kickstarter page and the Facebook page or whatever, like I'm going to keep people abreast of it. Cause again, the whole point of the Kickstarter is, is that you're learning as you go, as you're trying to build and kickstart this thing up. So I'll still be pushing updates onto their uh, success or fail on the Kickstarter um, addressing like, well, what is plan B? Here's how we're going to approach it All right. and that kind of thing. But there I mean, yes, there is a plan B and we're, we're, we're looking into that. Um, we have been looking into it for a while, but I mean, it's one of those ones where I try to focus on, I've been trying to focus on the Kickstarter first and prominently. Yes. And, and now that we're getting closer, it's like, okay, well let's maybe queue up plan B now and officially really look at it and, and get it, get it ready. But okay. Well, I mean, we wish you luck, Nick. Thank you so much for being on. Hey, if you want to come on anytime and just chit chat because you're an interesting dude and you're a podcaster yourself, you know how to do this. Oh, yeah. Right. Same thing with you guys. I would love to have you guys on uh, GBG. We we can just bullshit about whatever movie is the topic or TV show is the topic that week. That'd be awesome. We'd love to do that. We'd love to do that. We can figure that out as soon as this is over. We can just go on each other's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The next time you just have to be bullwinkle the whole time. Yes. You know what? I will accept that challenge. I will. I will. I mean, you got to leave me some moments to break, but yeah, course, I, I will. Of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah. For laughing. Uh, I love Bo Winkle. I, I, I remember I, I'm probably a little bit older than you, Nick. How old are you? I'm 39. Okay. So I'm 42. I remember in high school, Taco Bell and Bo Winkle had a promotion yep. that if you ate 40 tacos, you had a punch card, you could get a Bo Winkle t-shirt and yep. I ate 40 tacos and I had a Bowinkle t-shirt and it was one of my prized possessions. It was, it was, it was mine too. Uh, it was mine too until bullying happened. And cause I, there was no one, no one back then really knew who Boinkle was except Great for like, show. it was, it really was man. And I know I love that shirt. My parents would go to Taco Bell on their lunch breaks. Well, my mom did at least. And just crush get, it for you. <laughs> yeah, she, well, like, so like, you know, like every two days, like my mom would go and get like a, like two tacos or something for lunch instead of like so she's wasting gas she's you know what i mean so, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, so yeah. i could get that stupid shirt, i think in the back was... of it said attention taco lovers yeah like, yeah and bowinkle's then... face it was a black t-shirt that had bowinkle's face on the front and on the back it said attention taco lovers right and it had like that weird like a uh, fractured fairy tale frame yeah, around it yeah. and it had it in the yeah oh that was yeah man. great yeah that was a prized possession i ate 40 i ate 40 tacos in like a week to get that shirt and it was uh-uh unbelievable because i grew up watching bow ankle because i had a paper route when i was like 15 and on it was an afternoon route because the city we lived in had an afternoon and a morning paper imagine that now there's no paper, paper there used right. to be two an afternoon and a morning edition and i used to deliver the afternoon edition but then on the weekends i would have to deliver the morning paper um so i would do that to my route and then i would eat breakfast with my dad and then we would watch bowinkle it was on at like 6 30 in the morning and we would just hang out and watch bowinkle together and it's it's always been one of my favorite things i love the music Hockey smokes bowinkle my star look at the sky it's that weird fellow we've seen before hello moose yeah. <laughs> and i love the jay ward animation style like everything oh. about it is great oh my god yeah now you need to do a 40 taco promotion for the boondoggles if someone eats 40 I... tacos you can give them like 
ten dollars off their. Card that probably really wasn't legal back in the day. That's probably why they stopped doing it because they saw what for, all that sodium did to people. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, did you, you didn't have to eat forty tacos in like one sitting. I right? need oh, my shirt. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. That was the thing about my mom. Every day it was forty. Uh, it was an attempt to get up to forty tacos. She was <laughs> leaning into how to do forty tacos. A God day. rest her soul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, Nick, thank you so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. And good luck. And uh, we'll talk about being on your podcast. And we'll just Heck be, yeah. po- let's be podcast BFFs. Hell yeah, Yay. man. Of course. <laughs> Nick, <laughs> Nick, Air, how do you pronounce that last name? Aaron Bright? Argan Bright. Argan Bright. Argan Bright. Argan Bright. Just think like a pirate. Argan Bright. There we <laughs> there go. You you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com.